they need not go away, you give them something to eat. These words must have been startling to the disciples. After all, all they have is five loaves and two fish. All they have is just a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish. They don't have much in the way of sustenance. They don't have much food. They don't have enough for them, for the 12 of them, much less for hundreds and hundreds and indeed thousands of people, this great big crowd of folk. They don't have enough food for all of these people. And here Jesus is saying to them, don't send them away. You give them something to eat. I don't have enough here even to make up a fish and more combo over at Long John Silver's. How can we possibly feed 5,000 people with just five loaves and two fish? Jesus, you're crazy. You're insane. That would be our response. It was the disciples' response, essentially. Jesus, you don't know what you're talking about. Five loaves, two fish don't go nowhere. We barely get one crumb per person. And maybe a scale per person of the fish. That's not very much, friends. Doesn't sound very appetizing to me. But that's what Jesus told them to do. Don't send them away. You give them something to eat. The disciples didn't understand it. The disciples didn't get it. The disciples didn't know what in the world Jesus meant by this. And neither do we. One of the modern ways of interpreting this passage is by seeing in it an example for us. Well, the disciples had a very little bit of food. It's likely that the others who were there, all these people who have been following Jesus, maybe some of them had a little bit of food. Someone over here has a granola bar, and somebody over there might have a sandwich and from Subway, and somebody over here might have some some barbecue and somebody over here might have some pizzas from Domino's and somebody over here might have you know some tacos from Taco Bell and somebody over here might have a hamburger from Sonic and so everybody has some you know there are people throughout the crowd who have a little bit of a whole bunch of stuff and and but nobody has a whole lot so maybe if if the disciples were to hand out their five loaves and two fish and share it amongst themselves in the sight of everybody else maybe all those other people would see the disciples sharing what little they had and so they would share it too and if everybody shares what little bit they have then everybody would have a little bit to eat in that charming the feeding of the 5,000 has now been morphed from a miracle into a charming morality play in which Jesus leads the disciples by example, showing them how to share their five loaves and two fish and encouraging others to follow that example. It becomes a great tool for teaching children about how to share what you've got with others. If you've got a sandwich and your friend doesn't have a sandwich, you cut it in half and give half to your friend. That makes a whole lot of sense to us, but it doesn't really come close to interpreting and applying the story from the Gospel of Matthew. It's a modern method of interpreting the miracle stories. It's called demythologizing, where you take the story and you remove from it the miraculous and you find behind the miraculous account some simple morality that we're supposed to follow that's been shrouded in this 
mythology of a miracle. The problem is, is that when you do this, you end up robbing the story of the element of the divine. You end up robbing the story of the element of the presence of God. You end up robbing the story of its ability to transform us. Yes, it might teach us to share what little that we have, but then we have very little and the other person has even less and eventually the little meager bits run out. There's got to be a better way to share and not have the little meager bits run out. There has to be a way to take the little supply that we have received and multiply it in such a way that it becomes overwhelming to us. And all can be filled with the abundance of the supply. And that's what this story is about. The problem with demythologizing these passages, these miracle stories, the problem with taking the miracle out of the story is that it removes God from the midst of the story and how God can impact our lives directly. Take a look at the focus in this story, one of the most important points of focus. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, Jesus looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds. Here we have Jesus in the center of attention, in the middle of the story. If this is just an example of how the disciples share their five loaves and two fish and then the other people see them sharing and decide they're going to share too, Where's Jesus in that, other than telling them to do it? Most of the story is about what Jesus does. Jesus takes the loaves of bread and the fish. He takes the bread. He looks up to heaven and he blesses the bread and the fish. And then he breaks it. And he gives it to the disciples. And the disciples give it to the people. Taking blessing, breaking, and giving. These actions are critically important in this story. And they're critically important in all the stories where Jesus is present and He's blessing bread and He's breaking bread and He's giving bread. It's important in this account, in this story. It's important in other accounts where He is eating with the disciples. And it's especially important at the time of the Last Supper when he's celebrating the Passover Seder ritual with his disciples in the upper room. You find this over in Matthew chapter 26. It's also found in Luke's Gospel. Almost the exact same wording is used. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to the disciples. Taking, blessing, breaking, and giving. This series of actions on the part of Jesus are present here in this story of the feeding of the 5,000. And it's present in the story of the Lord's Supper in Matthew's Gospel and in Luke's Gospel. Taking, blessing, breaking, and giving. Notice, it says that He took the bread and he broke the loaves after having blessed it. That blessing. He blesses it here in the feeding of the 5,000 and he blesses it over in the story of the Last Supper. What's this blessing bit? Well, the Hebrew people 
Before time of Jesus and during Jesus' day and all the way up to today, the Hebrew people had the practice of blessing the food before they eat it, especially bread. They even had a specific prayer that they would pray. Now I expect you to remember this and be able to repeat it after me. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech ha'olam. Hamotzei lechem min ha'aretz. All right, now, can I? No, no? no uh, uh, hush, hush, you're cheating. <laughs> It's Hebrew. Actually, the first line was the line that we opened our service today with. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech ha'olam. And then the second line. Ha motze lechem min ha'aretz. Who brings forth bread from the earth. It's a simple prayer of blessing. Proclaiming God as the source of all that we have. God as the source of our nourishment. God as the source of our sustenance. God as the source of the blessings that we have received. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread, lechem, from the earth, min ha'aretz. From the stuff of this life, from the stuff of the earth, from the ground, from the plants that are grown from the ground, through this natural process, God brings forth into our lives sustenance, bread, which feeds us, which nourishes us, which fills us up. This prayer of blessing is the prayer of blessing that is prayed by Jews before meals today, was prayed by Jews in Jesus' day and before, and especially is prayed during the Passover Seder, which Jesus was celebrating with his disciples in the upper room at the Last Supper. It is a prayer of blessing to which then Jesus added after he blessed the bread and he broke it and he gives it to his disciples and he says, this is my body. He transforms the meaning of this event into simple, from simple blessing of bread to a much deeper event. This isn't just bread, he says. This is me. This is my very presence. This is my grace. This is my love. This is my joy. This is my peace. This is my strength. This is my presence with and for you. This is my body which is given for you. The feeding of the 5,000 and the Lord's Supper have been connected together by Christians for almost all of the 2,000 years that have transpired since then. They've connected together the actions of taking a meager supply, an unimpressive little bit of food, a little bit of bread and fish in the story of the feeding of 5,000, a bit of bread and wine in the Last Supper, a taking of bread and wine and blessing it, and then breaking it, and then giving it to us to give to others. The connections between this story of the feeding of the 5,000 in communion are strong in many ways, on the least of which being the amazing result. And all eight and were filled 
And I took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. They ate until they were full. It wasn't the sharing of a little meager little bit that somebody had here and somebody had over there and somebody had back over there and somebody had back over here. I mean, I've got this Sonic burger, but if I chop it up into 15 different pieces, am I going to eat until I'm full? No. I'm going to be hungry when it's done. But that's not what it says here. It says, and they all ate and were filled. That word filled is very important. It, it, to illustrate it, you know on Thanksgiving, when you get done eating the turkey and the dressing and the potatoes and the corn and all of the wonderful pie and stuff that just is so yummy and has filled the house with those fantastic aromas and you've eaten it and then you go and you beat yourself on the couch to watch the cowboy game and you feel your blood draining from your brain to your stomach to digest the food and you find yourself falling asleep, but it, by the end of the first quarter, you know how that feels? That's what we're talking about in terms of full. That full. Now, can you get that full on just a little bit of crumb? No. And yet, the people were that full. That stuffed. In fact, stuffed probably is a better translation here. They were that stuffed with this miracle provision from five loaves and two fish. Likewise, in the Lord's Supper, what we get here is just a little bit of bread and a little bit from the cup. Just a little bit of bread and wine. Not much. Just a little bit. Not enough to feed you all day long physically. Not even an appetizer at Luigi's. It's just a little bit of bread and a little bit from the cup. But when Jesus takes it and blesses it and breaks it and gives it to Mark and myself and then we give it to you, when Jesus takes it and blesses it and breaks it and gives it, it stops being just a little bit of bread and a little bit of wine and starts becoming the bread of heaven and the cup of salvation. It starts communicating to us the presence of Jesus. It starts to relate to us, to convey to us, to, to be a conduit to us of the love and very presence of Jesus flowing to us through faith in Him. The grace of God flowing to us because of faith in Jesus. When we come to the table of the Lord and when we receive a little meager supply of bread and wine, that meager supply, which is so little, becomes indeed so very much that we cannot encompass it, either with our mouths, our stomachs, or our heads. We cannot completely comprehend it. We simply receive it. We bring to this life, this Christian ministry, to the life that we have together as the body of Christ, as the church, we bring a meager supply. A little bit of presence, a little bit of money, a little bit of service. 
Some bring a whole lot of one thing, a little bit of another. Others bring a whole lot of something else and a little bit of the other thing. Some bring a little bit of money. Some bring a lot of money. Some bring a little bit of service. Some bring a lot of service. Some bring a little bit of gifts and graces in terms of service and teaching and presence and ministry and labor. Others bring other kinds. We all bring different kinds of little bits of supply. And individually and even together, it seems inadequate to the task. And yet when Jesus receives what we have to bring as an offering and blesses it and then breaks it and then gives it through us to others, it becomes an unending flow of the grace of God for all to receive the blessings that God would have us give. It becomes an unending flow of the grace of God that can nourish a starving world, starving for the presence of God, starving for the love of God, starving for the grace of Jesus Christ. It can come as a tiny little meager supply, but when God takes it and blesses and breaks it and gives it, when we place ourselves on the altar of God to be broken and given for others, God can transform our meager supply into an overwhelming flood of divine grace. So, let's not withhold our five loaves and two fish. Let's not hold back on the gifts that we have received, on the tiny supply that we have. Let's turn it over to God and let God transform it. Let's turn it over to Christ and let Him take it and bless it and break it and give it so that the world might hear the good news of Jesus, might receive the good news of Jesus, might be incorporated into the good news of Jesus, and be made whole, and be filled, stuffed with the beautiful grace of Jesus Christ our Lord. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Most, Most merciful, merciful God, God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. May Almighty God have mercy on you and forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of your Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and a joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, 
creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna. are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor to proclaim release to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come and you would save your people he healed the sick fed the hungry and ate with sinners by the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made covenant with us by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. Likewise, when the supper was over, he took the cup gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of the faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here, and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. 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 And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
You have been listening to a sermon by Dr. Gregory Neal, Senior Pastor of the First United Methodist Church in Commerce, Texas, and Rector of Grace Incarnate Ministries. Copyright 2014 by Dr. Gregory S. Neal. All rights reserved. For more information and for other sermons by Dr. Neal, visit us on the web at www.revneal.org. That's www.revneal.org. You are also invited to visit us in person at First United Methodist Church, 1709 Highway 24, Commerce, Texas, 75428. This program was produced by Dr. Greg Neal.